Welcome to the Simple Church Podcast, where we're committed to helping you know God, find freedom, discover your purpose, and make a difference. Let's get to today's message. Welcome back, everybody. I hope that you enjoyed your time of worship. I hope, man, that you were able just to shut out everything and just enjoy the presence of God. I think it's so important that on a regular basis that we touch heaven and let heaven touch us. So, man, I hope you enjoyed that. Uh, Today, we are continuing in our series of talks called From the Grave. And the reason we're doing this talk is because I want you to know, you know, Jesus didn't just come and live a life on earth die on the cross and raise from the dead so that we could have a holiday known as Easter. That's not why he did what he did. Jesus went to the grave and rose from the dead in order to do one thing, and that was to defeat, to defeat it, to defeat death, hell, and the grave in order to, to conquer it and take the keys from it, take the power of it away from death. Jesus said this in Revelation 1.18, which is our key verse for this series, He says, I am he who lives and was dead. So he's like, I'm alive. I was dead, but I'm alive. And behold, I'm alive forevermore. And then he just amens himself, which I like about Jesus. And he says, I have the keys of Hades and death. So he's he's bragging. Like he just got to the end field. He just scored a touchdown. He is spiking the ball and getting the crowd all whooped up. He's like, I'm that guy. I'm the best. I'm the king of kings. I'm the Lord of lords. And oh yeah, I got the keys to death, hell, and the grave right here. That's why Jesus rose from the dead. In fact, the Bible says that the same power, the the same spirit rather, that raised Christ from the dead also dwells in us. Jesus did it so that we could have that same power within us. You say, Aaron, why? Well, here's the question. Is anything dead or dying in your life? I don't mean like a piece of your body or like a finger or a toenail. I'm talking about, is there something within you that feels like it's dying? Is it, is it your soul? Is it your emotions or your finances or your relationships? You know, I think we walk around and act like everything's fine. But if we were to be honest with ourselves, we would identify, you know, Aaron, there's something that feels like it's missing. And sometimes that comes through an experience that we go through, a tragedy that we experience, a traumatic event that happens in our lives. And we just come out the other side feeling like we've lost something. You understand this. We're in the middle of a pandemic right now with the coronavirus. And we all have lost something. We've lost opportunities, opportunities to go to work, opportunities to be at the park, opportunities in some places to be on public beaches and and to even just enjoy each other's company, freedom to go anywhere we want to without a mask or gloves or panic and worry about having to, to sanitize our hands. We've lost our normalcy, our regular routine. So many of us have been furloughed or now we're having to work from home and the commute's really nice, but at the same time, we miss all the interaction with stuff. Jobs have become complicated in ways that we didn't expect. We've also lost some certainty. There's some normalness about our everyday lives and that certainty seems to be gone. We've lost it. Some of us through this, we've lost health. We've lost sleep through anxiety and worry that have plagued our hearts and our minds, worrying about getting sick, worried about our loved ones who are susceptible to the sickness that are at risk. Um, Maybe we live with somebody and we're worried about about whether or not we're gonna be the one to give it to them. And so that that worry has caused us to lose sleep. Maybe we've even lost health, developed an ulcer, or maybe even through all of this, you've lost a loved one. Now, the result is 
that as a result of, of any traumatic experience we go through, any storm that we weather, the coronavirus or other, that is we wind up at a loss and feeling a bit depressed. And sometimes we experience through that depression something called dysphoria. Dysphoria is where things that used to bring us pleasure or bring us joy no longer do. They just simply don't. We've lost heart ultimately because we've lost joy. In fact, if that's where you're at right now, I'm gonna ask you, would you just click the request prayer button right now? Our team members are standing by and would love to pray with you. You can come back and listen to this message and be encouraged, but right now, if you're in that place where you're just feeling like, Aaron, I'm just, I've got nothing. I'm at a total loss right now. Would you just let us pray with you? Would you just let us encourage you? To me, that's the most important thing that we can do. Like I said, my preaching's good, but it ain't that good. Prayer's better. Let God touch your life right now. Because honestly, that's where a lot of us are right now. We're in a place where we just feel like something is missing. And it's very, a very common experience. It's common to the human experience, not just because of coronavirus, but because when, when we lose things in our lives, when we go through traumatic experiences, when the storms of life rage around us, we walk through this season. And, and we, you know, the apostle Paul and other characters in the Bible did too. In fact, Paul said this in Acts 27, 13, specifically about a storm. You know, Paul didn't have very much go right for him. I mean, the guy was beaten. The guy was rejected. He was stoned and left for dead. And I don't mean the good kind of stone. You say, man, if he was going through some pains, maybe, maybe he got a little, you know, if he was stoned, maybe he got some relief. And that's not the kind of stone I'm talking about. I mean, they took rocks and threw it at him and left him for dead. They thought they killed him. Uh, he's been shipwrecked, bitten by a poisonous snake. I mean, like the list goes on. This dude had it bad. Stuff just went wrong for him. And this is one of those situations. Acts 27, verse 13 through 20 says, when a gentle south wind began to blow, they thought that they obtained what they'd wanted. So they're on a ship and they're trying to head north and they need the south wind to begin blowing. So that's exactly what happens. They're like, hot dog, we got it. The wind's blowing, we're gonna get where we wanna go. It says, so they weighed anchor and sailed along the shore of Crete. Before very long, so watch it, before very long, a wind of hurricane force called the Northeaster swept down from the island and the ship was caught by the storm and could not head into the wind. Now watch what happens here. So we gave way to it and we're driven along. And I think that's what happens in our lives. When that, that difficult storm comes, when that strong wind begins to blow in our lives, we're, we're, we're ready to fight it and we fight and we fight and we fight. We give and we give and we give. We try and we try and we try. We put in tons of effort, tons of energy, tons of strength fighting a matter and fighting a situation, but ultimately we wind up in a place like Paul and his companions on this boat. They gave in to it and they would just let whatever drive it along. I think that's happened. That happens a lot in the storms that rage in our life, but I think it's certainly happening right now in the middle of the coronavirus. We're seeing it left and right. We're giving way to, giving way to the virus. We don't want to fight it anymore. We're tired. We're exhausted. And we've given away to it. And instead of doing things that are healthy for us, we're sitting around doing Netflix and swill. That's right. I said swill because we're sitting around watching nothing that's no good for us. We're not, we're not putting positive things into our minds, into our hearts. In fact, We've just given away to it and said, all right, well, this thing's gonna be what it's gonna be. I'm gonna stare at my phone. I'm gonna stare at social media. I'm gonna stare at the TV. I'm just gonna sit around and do nothing. I'm not gonna read my Bible. I'm not gonna do anything healthy. Go for a walk. I'm just gonna sit here. And it's, we're just letting it 
drive us along. You know, there's been, there's been, been people that I've even talked to, I'm like, hey, how, how have you been enjoying our online campus? Uh, I haven't even logged on yet. I mean, it's been five or six weeks. Now, I'm not here shaming anybody. I'm just saying, what, what are you doing? You're being driven along by the storm. You're letting it drive you instead of you drive it. It's common. We all get into this place where we just start letting our circumstances dictate our behaviors and our responses. Back to that verse, Paul says, we took such a violent battering from the storm that the next day they began to throw the cargo overboard. So now they're starting to get rid of stuff that's important to them. And on the third day, they threw the ship's tackle overboard with their own hands. In other words, the storm didn't take it from them. They made a decision to toss it. And when neither the sun nor stars appeared for many days and the storm continued raging, we finally gave up all hope of being saved. Many of you understand that. That's where you're at right now. Because of a storm that you walked through, whether it's coronavirus or something else that was going on and then the coronavirus hit, you're all in that place. You're like, Aaron, I've got no hope. I have no hope that things will ever change. I can never get the joy back. I can never get the innocence back. I can never get the relationship back. I'll never financially recover from this. I'll never be able to make this better. And you feel that deep in your heart. The storm of life has felt unrelenting, so much so that all hope is lost. You say, Aaron, that's not me right now. Bro, that's not me. I know we're in the middle of a pandemic, but this really hasn't impacted me much. I'm still going to work. I still have my finances. Yes, I'm not able to go out very much, but you know, that's okay. I'm an introvert. I'm good with all that. And so maybe you're not experiencing that. You're not experiencing what we're calling the storm in the same way everybody else is experiencing it. But here's the deal. Here's the nature of storms. You ready? We're either in your life, you're either headed into a storm, you're in the middle of a storm, or you're coming out of a storm. Now, I know you want me to be encouraging and more positive on a Sunday morning, and I'm just here to tell you, this is how things are. This is the way life is. You're either going to go into a storm, you're either in the middle of a storm, or you're going to come out of one. That's the nature of storms. Here's some other things about storms I'm going to share with you really quick. First is, like I said, storms are coming. Storms are inevitable, so you should expect them. I think a lot of people think that because we're now Christians or Christ followers, that God's gonna keep everything bad from happening to us. Because I've said yes to Jesus, nothing bad's ever gonna happen to me again. I wish that was the case, but the Bible doesn't say that. Because if it did, I know that God is held to his word, and I would go to God with that verse in the Bible and say, hey, you said nothing bad was ever gonna happen to me. I got bad stuff going on in my life. If you can relate, post over here in the comments. You know what I'm saying. But that verse isn't there. In fact, what the Bible says is completely opposite of that. The Bible says this, this is Jesus speaking in John 16, verse 33. He said, I told you these things so that in me you may have peace. Because in this world, you're gonna have trouble. But take heart, I've overcome the world. So Jesus being honest about it, hey, storms are gonna come, but you know what? Take heart, you're with me, and I've overcome it. I have defeated this thing already. Bad stuff is coming. You're gonna be in the middle of it. Maybe you're exiting it, but that's okay. Jesus has already overcome it. Then you say, Aaron, does that mean that God causes the storms? No, no, no. No, I don't believe that God brings the storms. I believe that he's allowing the storms because we live in a fallen world. We live in a world that sin has destroyed. In fact, the Bible tells us that ever since sin first entered into humanity through the very first man and woman who sinned, that we've been under a curse, that the whole earth, all of creation is under a curse. In fact, the Bible says all of creation groans for redemption. They groan for the day that everything will be set right and made 
perfect again. We're under a curse. Bad things happen, and God allows them because he allows free will in our lives. But he doesn't cause them, right? So when the storms come, because they come as a result of living under this curse, and they will, what God does have is a plan to use them for his glory and your good. In other words, he's got a rescue plan in mind. Another thing about storms is that storms come out of nowhere. Man, they, they're unpredictable. You cannot plan for a storm. In fact, a storm will often come at the worst time in your life. It'll come at a time when your finances are low, when your relationships are stressed, when things are not going so well on the job, your car breaks down, your dog gets run over. Well, your cat gets run over because your dog was smart enough to stay out of the road. But your cat gets run over. Stuff just starts going bad, right? And it just has a tendency to follow other storms. That's the nature of storms. They're just unpredictable. You can't know when they're going to come. Jeremiah 4, 20 says, disaster follows disaster. The whole land lies in ruins. And in an instant, my tents are destroyed, my shelter in a moment. You know, a few weeks ago here in my city in Reynoldsburg, we had a rain that was so heavy. I mean, like it just seemed like it was never going to stop. And I was listening to uh, Mayor Joe Begany speak this past week uh, on a Facebook live. And he was talking about Answering a question, somebody said, what are we going to do about this kind of rain in the future? How do we keep this from happening? And his response was simply this. The kind of rain that we got was what they call a 25-year rain. It means that once every 25 years, a rain like that is going to happen. It means that we can't be prepared like that. We, 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 spending our time and our effort being prepared for a rain like that on a regular basis would be expensive, and it's just not the way to go because it's only going to happen once every 25 years. And so City Hall and the parks and certain areas in our neighborhoods were literally flooded. The water was, I mean, ducks were swimming through the parking lot at City Hall and by the police station. It was crazy. There are pictures of it. It was it's nuts. But, but we can't plan for that because we don't know when it's going to happen. Here's the other thing about storms. Storms don't care. When I wrote this, I was thinking, thinking of that old Millie Vanilli song, because the rain don't mind. And the rain don't care, right? Because it doesn't. It absolutely doesn't. If you were a Millie, Millie Vanilli fan or if you know who that is, give me some love over here in the comments. Don't leave me hanging, man. I, I, if, you, if you remember them, they were awesome. They weren't real, by the way. They were, anyway, you, you can look up Millie Vanilli later on. Get the VH1 behind the music on it. It was awesome. But here's the thing about storms. They just don't care. They're impartial. What am I trying to tell you? That, what am I trying to tell you in that is simply this. It's not about you. The storm isn't here because you did something good or bad or because things were going too good for too long in your life and they just needed to to knock you down and humble you a bit. That's not why the storm is here. The storm's not picking on you. It's not about you. In fact, Jesus said this in Matthew 5.45, talking about God. He said, he causes his son to rise on the evil and the good and sends rains on the righteous and the unrighteous. It's like this stuff, the storms of life, they come to good people and people that are sinful people. It's like, it's just, the, it, the good and the bad, they all kind of get the storms of life. What I'm trying to say to you is that what was hap- what, what's happening to you in the storm of your life right now, whether that's corona or not, it's not just happening to you. In fact, in regards to the coronavirus, it's not happening because of you, it's happening to you and to all of us. In fact, we're all literally in the same storm. We're all in the same boat. We might be having a different experience in that boat, but we're all in the same boat. That's why all these hashtags are out there, like stay home, but hashtag in this together, because the whole world is going through this pandemic right now. It is massive. The thing is about your storm, though, it's not about what you did. 
you know, the disciples came to Jesus at one point in time because there was a blind man. They just had some bad theology because they asked him, they said, who sinned? Was it this man, the blind man, or was it his parents who sinned? In other words, did God curse him because he did something wrong or because his parents did something wrong? And Jesus is like, this is bad theology. This is no good. It's neither of those. Nobody sinned to make him blind. The man was born blind so that God could receive glory in this situation. That was Jesus's response, was simply that. Here's the other thing. I know those other ones weren't very encouraging, but this one is, storms don't last. That's right, storms don't last. Every storm is temporary. There's a start, there's a middle, and thank God, there is an end. In fact, the most beautiful thing happens. After a long, dark night, there's a sunrise. After a long, stormy day, it's always sunniest after a rain. So here's the thing. You can't abandon hope at this time. You can't give up. You can't despair. All of this that you're going through, the storm of the coronavirus and more, whatever storm you're facing, it's temporary. Hebrews 10.35 says this, so don't throw away your confidence. It will be richly rewarded. You need to persevere so that when you have done the will of God, you will receive what he has promised. For in just a very little while, he who is coming will come and will not delay. Remember that as Christ followers, we have to live a life of faith, to have hope, not hope in our government, not hope in our finances, not hope in the stock market, not hope in, in wherever you've placed your hope except putting it in God. That's a life of faith. You have to trust that whatever storm you're, that your life is facing, that that storm will not last. Now here's the thing about the storms and, and what we're talking about today is that storms rob us of some things. In fact, in Psalm 126, it, it explains it clearly through a picture, uh, a picture that they paint. This is the message paraphrase. It says this, it's verses one through six. It says, a pilgrim song, it seemed like a dream, too good to be true when God returned Zion's exile. So at one point in time, the Jewish nation was exiled into Babylon. So he's talking about that, the return from the exile back to their home country. He said, we laughed, we sang, we couldn't believe our good fortune. We were the talk of the nations. God was wonderful to them, they said. And God was wonderful to us. We, we are one happy people. And what's happening in this situation is they're going back and they're remembering the good old days. They're remembering that, that a time that was good, that they celebrated, that they laughed, that they had joy together because they were returning from exile. Because at the time of writing this, and you're gonna see this in just a moment, at the time of writing this, it was not a good time. They're remembering, reflecting on that time, longing for those times because right now there was this storm in, this, in the author's life. And I think we do that too. In the middle of our storms, we ruminate, right? We, we think deeply about, we, we consider and maul over in our minds over and over again our past. We remember when. Remember when we could go to restaurants. Remember when we could go to the movies or to the stores or we could hug each other without worry or we didn't have to wear masks, you know, outside of corona. Remember what life was like before. Remember when our marriage was strong and we loved each other. Remember when our finances were on track or remember when that person was still alive. We, we ruminate, and, and it's so common, it's what, that's what we do. And as a result, we, we, our current storm that we're going through feels heavy. The verse continues on and says, and now, so now he's saying that was then, this is now, and now God, do it again. Bring rains to our drought-stricken lives so that those who planted crops in despair will shout hurrahs at the harvest. So those the, who went off with heavy hearts will come home laughing with armloads of blessing. 
you know, the principle of this series is from the grave. And we've asked you to, week one, to believe again. Week two, we challenge you to dream again. And this week, I'm going to challenge you to laugh again. Because what they were asking for ultimately here was not just about the harvest. Yes, they wanted it to rain. They were after their joy because of the storm that they are currently experiencing. They're ruminating on the past. Remember when things were joyful? We don't have that today. They lost their joy and they're really after that again. They wanted to laugh again because there's been a, a loss. Something is missing and they wanted to experience joy again. So for those of you who have walked through storms of life, it's time for you to learn to laugh again. And we're not just talking about laughter, like <laughs> laughing out loud. We're talking about a deep joy that resides within you. you. Say, Aaron, how do I do that? How do I do that in the middle of a pandemic? How do I do that in the middle of the storms of my life that were raging before the pandemic? What, what do I do? Well, let's look at Paul's life because I think, uh, for, again, like I said for him earlier, stuff never seems to work out for him. And Paul wrote uh, what I'm about to read to you from Philippians. He wrote it from prison, right? Because for Paul, what happened was he went to Rome and he was arrested and he went to uh, not a Roman jail like we, we imagine jail today, but he went to a Roman uh, dungeon. Like, a, like it was like a dank place, like a, like a hole in the ground kind of thing. There wasn't amenities like we have today. They didn't treat him like a human, though they allowed him guests, uh, but Man, it was, not, it was not a nice place to be. And he was arrested and held in the dungeon there for two long years. And you gotta believe that at some point in time, like many of us do when we're going through the storms of our life, that we question God, like, why am I here? What, what is this all about? And then after two years of being in the d dungeon, instead of releasing Paul, they said, hey, we're gonna go ahead and kill you. That's what we're gonna do. We're gonna take your head. And they decided to kill him. But here's the thing. While Paul was there, he wrote letters. We call them the prison letters, uh, or, or, and um, uh, Philippians, where I'm reading out of, is one of those letters. And what you find through the book of Philippians, through this beautiful letter, is that there is joy all through it. So today, if you're dry, if your soul is dead, if there's no joy, here is the first key. Here's the practical application on how you laugh again, how you get your joy back. So here we go. First thing is, don't look back. I'm gonna say this slowly. Stop focusing on the past. Just, just stop the ruminating. Stop thinking over and over again about what you had. Stop with the why questions because ruminating leads us to hang out on the why questions. Why did this happen? Why would God let it happen? Why wasn't it me? Why wasn't it someone else? Why? We get stuck in that. And the why question is a cycle. Our brains want to to reason or reconcile everything that happens to us with a reason. But the thing is, is we can't always understand the reason why something has happened. Don't get stuck in that cycle being focused on the past. Now listen, I'm not saying that you can't acknowledge what happened in the storm and a time in your life. I'm not saying that. I'm not, I'm not saying to discard that experience at all. What I'm saying is it's time to stop looking back and it's time to stop wallowing in it. It's time to start moving forward and moving past it. Philippians 1, 12, this is Paul. He said, now I want you to know, brothers, that what has happened to me, he's talking about being in jail, he's talking about all the beatings, the shipwrecks, everything that's happened to him has really served to advance the gospel, specifically about him being in jail. See, his plans didn't work out. Paul didn't get to go on some great crusade and preach to all the, all the, the Jews and, in Rome and to all the Gentiles in Rome. He didn't get that opportunity. Instead, he went to jail. 
Because that's what Paul's life was. He was traveling around telling people about Jesus, setting up churches. And he went to jail and he sentenced to death. To death. And what Paul had to do, which is the same thing you and I have got to do in the middle of a storm, is stop looking back. Stop focusing on the why. Let it go. Don't worry about what happened. And here's what Paul did. And you see it in that, that, that the second principle in uh, that verse. He saw the purpose in it. He said this. He said, that what has happened to me has really served to advance the gospel. He saw the purpose in it. So that's the second thing. See the purpose in it. There are, there's an opportunity for you to discover new opportunities when you get thrust into the middle of a storm. When tragedy hits, I know that that's terrible, and I'm not saying that you can't rock and reel from a little, a little bit from what happened, but if you'll pay attention, there are new opportunities. Man, if you, got, if you got sick and you're in a hospital, there are people in that hospital that you can bring joy to, you can share God's love with, you can be kind to them. Like, you have no idea what the mission could be or what the opportunity could be, or what about just in this environment we find ourselves in right now? I have watched people respond to the coronavirus pandemic as it's hit. People have come to me and said, Aaron, he said, I wanna help people. I know that there are plenty of people that lost their jobs when the restaurants closed and when all these different stores closed and I wanna help them. Can I buy grocery cards and have you divvy them out? Absolutely. And then I encouraged them. You know what you can also do? You can encourage other people to do the same. We have given away tons of grocery cards to people who have needed them. Uh, People that go to our church and don't go to our church because they needed help. What a beautiful response, finding purpose in the middle of the storm. I, that, I, that It was one of the greatest ones ever. And it wasn't an initiative of the leadership of this church. It was an initiative of the people of this church and how they responded. There's a team that has emerged of, uh, uh, within our church of people who said, you know what, I want to help. I still want to play, play a part. I want to encourage. I want to pray for people. And we gave them phone lists, and they're calling anybody and everybody who's ever darkened the doors of our church. We, we purchased a face mask, and we're donating them to those that are working at grocery stores and those that are, are um, we took them some down to the Dream Center this week because some of their, their, their guests that come there, they can't even get on a bus unless they've got a mask on. And you know, they, they don't have enough money to buy a meal. They don't certainly don't have enough money to buy a mask. Besides, all of them have been taken. The shelves are bare. Where are they going to get one so that they can get on a bus? So we donated a bunch down there. We gave cookies to our first responders. We've increased our giving to the Heart Food Pantry and to the Dream Center. We put together a website called servingreynoldsburg.com so anybody in our community could get on there and share, hey, this is the need I have in my life and give the churches, not just simple church, but the churches in the community an opportunity to respond to any need that was presented whatsoever. We did drive-through Easter bags here where people could just drive through and the Easter Bunny was here saying hi and we blessed people with a bag so that they could go home with their families and have some semblance of normalcy. Like my point is, and I'm talking so fast, I'm sharing it all with you, is that there are new opportunities to love and serve and be the hands and feet of Jesus to discover if you're willing to embrace the fact that, hey, there's new purpose to be found here. There's purpose in it. Philippians, this is Paul, Philippians 1, verse 13 through 14, he said, as a result... It has become clear throughout the whole palace guard and to everyone else that I am in chains for Christ. Watch this. He says, because of my chains, because he's in prison, most of the brothers in the Lord have been encouraged to speak the word of God more courageously and fearlessly. He's, in other words, he's saying, I didn't get to do the crusade, but everybody up in this jailhouse, they are knowing Jesus. That means that from people in jail to the jailers themselves are going to get a chance to know Jesus. 
He also said, as a result of him being in prison, as a result of the bad thing happening to him, other people picked up his mantle. Other people picked up his work and grew more bold and courageous about preaching the gospel. Other people stepped up too. And you can be part of that as well. You can step up. You can be part of showing people the, the love of Jesus in this time. Paul also wrote the prison letters because he all of a sudden had time on his hands. And he wrote Ephesians, he wrote Philippians, and he wrote Colossians, all from this jail cell. And if he didn't, we wouldn't have this beautiful letter encouraging us to embrace the joy, to, to, to in the middle of the storm, stop focusing on the past, discover the purpose that's in it. I love it because there's purpose in every storm. So let me tell you, we often get stuck on the why or even a what, but our focus should be a who, because I believe that in every storm that you're facing, there's a who that God has for you to be a blessing to, to love, to serve. It's truth. That's the next principle. Number three, keep your eyes on the prize. Man, focus on what really matters. Because here's the thing that Paul did really, really well. He knew that earth was not his home. He knew that he was an alien, that he was simply just passing through. And you and I, as we are just passing through, this is not our final destination. We're gonna spend eternity in, in, a, in a new heaven and a new earth with God. That's where our eternity is. And we have, you know what, 100 years to live here on this earth, 70 years to live here on this earth. Eternity is way longer than that. This is not our final resting place. We're just passing through, and Paul knew that. So don't let the storms of life rob you of the joys of heaven or your eternity. Paul said this, he said, for me, to, for me, just for me, to live is Christ. In other words, if I live, if I live I'm gonna tell people about Jesus. I, if I live, I, I'm gonna live my life to the fullest. I'm not gonna focus on the past. I'm gonna go ahead and find my purpose now. Right here in the middle of this jail cell, I'm gonna tell the jailers, I'm gonna tell everybody about Jesus. This is what he's doing. He says, that's what I, I'm gonna do. I'm, to live is Christ. And to die is gain. Why is it gain? Well, because if he dies, then he's immediately ushered into the presence of God. He's immediately ushered into the presence of the one he longs to be with most, and that's Jesus. He said, listen, this is a win-win situation. And here's the thing. God's no respecter of persons. He didn't set up a win-win situation for Paul and leave you out of it. He has a win-win situation for you. If you live, there's purpose for you. But if you die, man, you get to enter on into heaven. You get to be there with Christ because this life is temporary and heaven is eternal. So we have to choose. Joy is a choice. Let your joy be found in Christ alone and not in your external temporary circumstances. Paul said, I'll preach and connect people with Jesus. But if I die, I get to see him. And here's the thing, you can't hold someone like that down. You just can't discourage them at all. So be encouraged today. Let our hearts align with that. Understand the fact that storms are gonna come. They'll also go. Don't look back, see the purpose in it, and keep your eyes on the prize, which is eternity in heaven with Jesus. You'll be able to laugh again, to discover the joy of the Lord that will be your strength through every storm that you have to face. Let's pray. Father, today, uh, each and every single one of us, it needs help to simply resist our own humanity, our own tendencies, which is just to look back, to, to look back and just ask the questions, why? 
that, that we, we feel like we are owed answers. We feel like we need to have the answers and we need that answered so that we can reconcile it, understand it, file it away and move on. But Lord, there's something greater for us in the midst of our storms. And that's just to trust you. So we don't need to ask why. We don't need to let the storm rob us of our joy anymore. My prayer today is God, whatever storm we're facing, whether it's coronavirus or maybe there's storms in our relationships, our finances, in our hearts, in our emotions, in our marriages, Lord, in our, in, in our family, God, in our health, whatever storm was raging long before corona ever came along and made it worse, Father, I pray that you would help us as Christ followers to see your purpose in it. Not that you caused it, God, but that you will have a purpose in it for us. This is more than optimism. This is trusting that there's a plan, that you have something for us to do in the middle of it. And more often than not, it's not about a what, it's a who. So God, give us eyes to see that person, to see the who that we can love and serve today, to discover new ways to love and serve others, God. Father, I also pray uh, that, that um, as we put our eyes on the prize, even in the middle of the coronavirus, Lord, that you would fill our hearts with your joy. And my prayer ultimately, God, is that you would help us to laugh again. Now, for those of you that were still in this moment of prayer, I just want to speak to you plainly and openly is that joy starts with putting your eyes on Jesus. It starts with putting your hope in him. For many of us, we've lived our lives putting our hope in our own plans, in our own strength, in our own ways. We put our hope in our government. We put our hope in a fiance. We put our hope in, in the money that's in our bank. We put our hope in our careers. We, we put our hope in so many places that are just uncertain. And when those things are, are gone, when those things, when a storm hits and everything that we thought was sure gets dashed against the rocks, everything comes falling down around us. Will you still have joy? And if your hope is in those things, I, I can hear to tell you that, that you won't. The only way to have hope through all of the uncertainties of this life is to have hope in the one who is certain, and that's Jesus. Listen, Jesus did what he did on the cross so that you could be born again. What he meant by that is that you could have a new life, that your old life would pass away, that everything that you've done in the past, all your mistakes, all your sins, all, everything that was you could die and that a new you could resurrect, that you would have a new life, that you would rise from the grave, that you would experience his power that transforms you, that you could have joy in the midst of a pandemic, that you could have joy in the midst of a storm. Listen, I promise you this, that today, all that, that joy that you long for is found in a relationship with Jesus. It's found in, in having your relationship with God restored, and that is through him. So if you're ready to do that, if you're ready to receive Jesus, to make him Lord of your life, to say, Jesus, I'm gonna follow you. I may not do it perfectly, but I'm ready to do it. I'm ready to walk with other believers, to learn how to live this life. I'm ready to make your word a priority. I'm ready to make your church a priority. I'm ready to make being in Christian community a priority. I'm ready to make you my Lord then right now I'm gonna pray a prayer with you. And if you're gonna pray this prayer and make this commitment today, there's a button on your screen right now that says, I'm raising my hand, I'm saying yes to Jesus. Would you just click that? What it does is it gives us all a visual representation right here in our online campus that you're saying yes. It doesn't tell us who you are, it just shows us, man, there's somebody here today, right now, Christians that are watching this at home, they're praying for you. In fact, we believe that all of our services are established and set up for you for this very moment. So click, I'm saying yes to Jesus today. Raise your hand and pray this prayer with me right now. Say, Jesus, 
I need you. Come into my life. Fill me with your spirit. Forgive me of my sins. And today, I ask you, Jesus, to make me brand new. Show me how to live for you. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Now listen, if you prayed that prayer, all of heaven is having a party. Oh, people over here in the chat box are celebrating with you as well. Man, we are so proud of you. And I would ask one thing for you, and that is if you would click on the connect card over here and uh, make, make sure that you let us know, share, there's a place that says, I committed my life to Jesus today. We would love to celebrate with you and get you connected with some resources we believe that you're gonna need. And here's the invitation. Keep on coming back to church with us. We would love to see you here in our online campus and we're able to resume services. If you live in the Columbus area, we would love to see you here at our church so we can hug your neck and walk with you uh, as well. But uh, either way, please fill out that card. We can get you connected uh, with our church or with a local church that we know that you're gonna love as well, wherever you live. Uh, We love you that much. We don't care if you come to our church. We just want you in our church. Amen, everybody? Say it over here if you agree with me. Amen, amen, amen. That's what we want. So now today as we wrap up our service, I wanna remind you once again, there is a way for you to uh, be faithful in your giving. The Lord has put on your heart to uh, give, or maybe he's even speaking to you about giving something extra in this season uh, to be generous with what God has given you because you know that there are people that are hurting. Know that that all the extra that comes in, we are pushing out, man. We're, we are giving that extra to our, uh, our partners that are actually serving people, the Dream Center, our missionaries. We haven't stopped any of our support. We've increased our support and would love to be able to continue to do that. So man, if you would, if you would dig down deep, man, if God is leading you to do that, then go for it. Be obedient to it. We're not asking you for a dime. We're just asking you to listen to God. Uh, but you can also, you can give over here. You can mail in your, your offering there. I believe that's coming on the screen right now. You can give through that link or you can text to give. We're thankful for your faithfulness. Man, it's continued to allow us to be such a blessing in our community and beyond. Uh, One last thing I'm gonna share with you um, that we are in the middle of this pandemic. There is a website called unite714.com. It's based on 2 Chronicles 714 that says, if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray, then I'll hear from heaven and I'll heal heal their lands. And the verse goes on, um, but, but, what the website is doing is it is uniting pastors, leaders, and individuals around the world who are praying for God to heal our lands, to rid us of the coronavirus. And if you'd like, you can click on that website right now uh, and, uh, or unite714.com and say, I'm in. And uh, they'll continue to send you updates on what's going on. But they have a weekly prayer that they are posting. And uh, you can pray. And what they're asking is everybody on an individual level at 7.14 a.m. and 7.14 p.m. to grab the prayer that they have posted on online and pray the prayer that they have written there. And they've asked us also to do that in our services today. So as we close out, I'm gonna pray one last time. I'm gonna pray over this uh, and pray the prayer that so many churches, thousands of churches across the globe, thousands of individuals across the globe, every day, twice a day are praying this prayer. So here we go. Heavenly Father, we humbly come before you and ask you to sustain us by your mercy, your grace, and your power. We continue to trust in your gracious promise that no weapon is fashioned against us. Our families or our churches shall succeed. We take refuge under your protective wings. Your faithfulness is our shield. And by your great strength, protect our hearts and our minds from the grip of terror. Empower us, O God, so that fear will not paralyze us or define our lives. Great multitudes are affected by this appalling pandemic, and so we lift them up before you in prayer. Heal those battling this disease and comfort those who have lost loved ones. We know you alone are our healer. 
As 2 Chronicles 7.14 urges us, we identify with the sins of our nation and ask for your forgiveness. Have mercy on us, spare us from this pestilence, cleanse us from our sins, heal our lands. With one heart and one voice, we stand together in unity asking you, Almighty God, to protect our cities, our nations, and the world from COVID-19. We pray this in the powerful name of Jesus Christ, our Lord. And everybody out there said, amen. God bless you guys. We will see you right back here next week at our online campus for Simple Church.